Amen. Praise God. I'm glad y'all are here tonight. I'm glad y'all are all tuned in all over the world tonight. Because I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is moving. These are the days to be connected to the power of God. To be plugged in. You know, they, they, they keep saying separation, separation. But man, I'm telling you, you can be plugged in by the Spirit. Amen. All you got to do is tune in. All you got to do is just, you know, get in agreement with us. And man, the Spirit of God's going to minister to each and every one of us. Amen. Well, I'm glad y'all are here tonight. And uh, we're going to have another exciting time. Dr. Brown's going to bless us again tonight. You know, I, 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 the good thing about when Dr. Brown preaches, you know, you get to take notes and then go home and get your dictionary out and try to find out what some of those words mean. <laughs> When I preach, you know, you know what it is, just, oh, you know, cow pen talk, you know, and so, you know, and so it's, it's a challenge to us all, but praise the Lord. I love it. I'm glad to know that, you know, in the world today, it doesn't seem like anybody has an answer. Everybody's telling us this and that. One morning you wake up and everybody says, this is what you need to do. The next morning you wake up and they say, no, you don't need to do that. You need to do this. And then the next morning it's something else. I'm glad to know that here at Living Waters Church, you're going to get fed good. We're going to give you a direction. We're going to give you a direction for your spiritual life, but we're also going to give you a direction for your physical life. Amen? And that's why I'm so appreciative that God sent us Dr. Brown, brought, us, brought them here into our fellowship so that we can get some good word going forward. Amen? So, Dr. Brown, come on up and share with us tonight. Praise God. Okay. So... Last week, we talked about well-being, and uh, I hope that you got the opportunity to take that first step that Pastor Robert made us do, and, uh, and you uh, pondered the components of well-being and, and prayed over them and, um, and meditated on them to see exactly where you linked up to those components. Or maybe you had one that was real weak, or maybe even one that was absent that you wanted to start working on in order to enjoy well-being. So tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue um, the teaching on mindfulness. And tonight is going to be mindfulness and acceptance. Mindfulness and acceptance. And we're going to start kind of where we left off last week. We're going to start with a scripture that we used and looked at last week. So get your Bibles out and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. 1 Thess 5, 23. You should be getting familiar with this verse by now. So I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. And it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. In the King James Version, it says uh, that the God of peace sanctify you holy. Sanctify you holy. So sanctify means to set apart, to consecrate to uh, make holy. And, um, and then this holiness, this sanctification is done holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. 
And then it talks about that your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless. And so what I want to do right now is I want to focus on the two words that are translated as holy or whole. And the first one, the sanctify holy or make you holy in every way, that Greek word is holotales, and it means perfect, complete in all respects. And what's interesting about this word, it is used in a qualitative sense. And so it's saying that the quality of your sanctification, your holiness, is complete. You're not 80% holy. You're not 90% holy. You're not 99.9% holy. In Christ Jesus, we are completely holy. Amen? The next whole, your whole spirit and soul and body, that word is halakleras, and it means complete in all its parts. No part wanting or unsound. Now this word, this Greek word, is used in the quantitative sense. So it's talking about numbers. It means that everything that composes us in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body is all there. All the numbered parts are there. There's not a piece missing. We are complete. We are whole in our spirit, our soul, and our body. Nothing is lacking. So if you remember last week, we started with Jeremiah 29.11 that says that God's thoughts for us or His plans for us are for our welfare and not for evil to give us a future and a hope. And so that word welfare is shalom, and it means completeness, it means soundness, welfare, it means peace. And so his, his plan from the beginning was that we would enjoy wholeness, and that he would make us holy, and that we would be whole in the tripart being that we are in spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Okay, so one of the other verses we looked at uh, last week was John 10.10, and that is that the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. And Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So the thief, who is Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Now, mark that word, only. That is his mission. That is his goal. That's his objective. That's what he wants to accomplish is he wants to kill and steal and destroy. Now, I want to look at each one of those words real quick. So steal in Greek is klepto. And it means to take away by theft or stealth. So he's going to try to steal your joy, your hope, your comfort, your peace, your health, you name it. He is going to try to steal it, and he's going to be stealthy about it. He is going to try to rob us, 
and keep us from experiencing everything that God has given us in His Son. The next word, kill, is thuo in the Greek, and it means to sacrifice or slaughter. Now, I don't need to go into those words. I'm just going to let you use your imagination of what to sacrifice and to slaughter means. To kill. That's what he wants to do. And then the last one is to destroy. Apollumi. Apollumi is the Greek word, and it means to render useless, be lost, ruined. And so Satan wants to render your destiny as lost, as ruined. Your identity he wants to ruin. Your gifts that have been given to you by the Father through the Holy Spirit, he wants to ruin. That's what Satan wants to do. To steal, kill, and destroy. So on the one hand, we have God the Father who has promised us wholeness. He has promised us shalom, peace. He is the God of peace. That is what we have been given through Christ Jesus our Lord. And on the other hand, Satan wants to destroy all of that. Or actually, you might look at it this way, he wants to take that wholeness and he wants to disintegrate it. Disintegration is the name of his game. If you look up disintegration, it means to separate into parts or to lose intactness. To disintegrate. Recently, I graduated from a two-year fellowship in integrative medicine this past February. And in the course of doing that fellowship, uh, I was required to read a book by um, Eric Cassell, MD, and the name of the book is The Nature of Suffering. That book rocked my world because when I went to medical school, I was never taught anything about the nature of suffering. And I want to quote one sentence out of this book that, that has just totally changed my entire perspective of a, an approach to the patient. And he says, suffering occurs when an impending destruction of the person is perceived. It continues until the threat of disintegration has passed or until the integrity of the person can be restored in some other manner. That's suffering. John 16.33, Jesus is speaking, and He says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in Me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So there, 
in a, in a word from the Savior himself, he's saying, in the world, you are going to face tribulation. And what are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it disintegrate you? Or are you going to be of good cheer? James 1.2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What? I can remember back when I was deployed to Southeast Asia in Thailand. I had a Christian squadron commander, and he taught on James chapter 1, and I was a brand new Christian at, the, at that time. And he, he said this this uh, verse, and he was reading it out of that the uh, living uh, paraphrased, uh, the the living translation paraphrased, and uh, as Robert says, it's that old green padded Bible, and it says something like this. As I recall, it says, "Brothers, are you undergoing trials and tribulations? Then rejoice." And that's exactly how he did. He had a big old grin on his face, and I'm going, what? I'm supposed to be rejoicing in the face of trials and tribulations? And oh, what the Lord has transacted in me in all the years since then. So let's think about this. Write this down. It's an equation. Robert speaks in country boy sentences, and I speak in equations. <laughs> Suffering equals pain times resistance. So if you are in a trial and a tribulation, and you are experiencing pain as a result of it, it could be physical pain. It could be acute pain. It could be chronic pain. It might be mental pain, emotional pain, or however you happen to define pain because suffering is unique to the individual. The individual is the one who defines their suffering. And so there is pain in the midst of a trial and tribulation. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a trial or a tribulation. And to the extent that we resist that pain, oh God, why is this happening to me? I don't want this pain. I want to make it go away. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And you focus on the pain and you resist the pain or you re resist the situation. Why is this happening to me? Why did I get a flat tire right now? I've got to get out and change this tire. And you resist what is going on and you multiply that times your pain and you get suffering. On the other hand, if you do not resist it, we're getting to mindfulness here, if you do not resist that pain, and you look at it, and you say, you look at it in the moment, and you say, okay, I see what's going on here because it's already going on. I'm going to accept that for what it is, and you reduce your resistance, you don't complain, you don't shout, you don't scream, you don't cry, 
and you just look at the situation where you are with kindness and curiosity, and your resistance becomes zero, anything times zero is zero. Your suffering just disappeared. And you can be of good cheer. You can count it as joy. The pain's still there, but the pain isn't as bad as you thought it was. So we have a choice. We do not have to participate in the devil's plan to disintegrate our wholeness because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. He is our comforter. He is our guide. He is our constant companion. He's our paraclete, the one who walks beside us. He is our advocate. So what I want to do right now is I want to tell you my discount tire story. This happened to me this past Monday. And actually, the story begins last Thursday to set the stage. And I didn't realize that until today, actually. Last Thursday evening, my sister called me at home to let me know that her husband had been airlifted to a hospital in Dallas with a massive stroke. And uh, <clears throat> obviously I was shocked. I wasn't expecting this call. I wasn't expecting that to happen. And so Jeannie and I immediately launch into intercessory prayer to pray for my brother-in-law and for my sister. And we pray that evening. The next morning, I get up. I do my ranch rounds. I hop in my pickup truck to go into Sabinal to go to the post office. And I get to the light in town, and I notice my truck pulls way to the right. So I turn the corner, pull into the Exxon station next to the air pump, thinking I had a low tire. I go around to the right front tire, and lo and behold, it is flatter than a pancake. And I... I'm going, hmm, I don't particularly want to change a tire right here. So I, <laughs> I fill the tire up with air. And as I'm filling the tire up, I see the dirt moving next to the wheel at, because there is a hole right where the sidewall meets the tread and the air is just coming out of it. And so I overfill the tire and I said, maybe I can make it back home because I got there before it was flat. So I fill it up, jump in the truck, and I head back to the house and I go to where I usually park my truck. I get out, I go around, and it's flatter than a pancake. So... 
I go, I don't want to deal with this right now. And um, so that was, uh, let's see, that was Friday morning. My son and his wife were coming to visit us. They were supposed to come that afternoon, but then they called and said, we can't make it till the next morning, Saturday morning. So they come Saturday morning. We have a real good visit, and they leave on Sunday afternoon. In the meantime, my truck's still sitting there with a flat tire. So after they leave, I get on online, and I go to Discount Tire. And I say, well, you know, our Ford Edge needs four new tires, and now I need a, a, my flat fixed. And so I make an appointment for Monday at 1245 online. And, um, and so I'm good to go. I'm just going to get, get up, get in the car, take all five tires to discount tire and get them replaced. About, this is Sunday, about 6.30 that evening, I get a uh, text from my niece, my sister's daughter, and she said, we have decided to take dad off of all life support. And I, I texted her back and I said, I think that's a wise decision. So we continue to pray over that. And um, the next morning, Monday morning, uh, I get up, I go in to have my quiet time after I get my cup of coffee, and I notice on my phone that there's a text. And so I, I look at it, and it's from my niece again, but from the night before, around 11.30, saying, Dad passed. So, you know, I begin to grieve and, and just pray, and um, pray for my sister, and uh, have my quiet time and just commune with the Lord in the secret place of the Most High. But I still have this discount tire appointment. And so, after breakfast, I go out to change the tire, to put the spare on so I could put the flat tire in the back of the car so I could take them all to discount tire. And in the meantime, Jeannie comes out and she says, I'm going to go to the post office. And I said, okay. So she jumps in the car. I'm over there laboring, uh, trying to change my tire. And then pretty soon I hear her say, the car won't start. And I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep it together. So I go over and I, you know, I'm not even thinking clearly. I, I pop the hood. I look underneath there and I say, Phew. Everything looks fine. And then, to cut to the chase, it doesn't take long for us to figure out that she doesn't have her keys with her. <laughs> so it's one of those keyless push-the-button things, but you have to have the key in the car with you. She didn't, and so that's why it wouldn't start. So I had gone to get my keys. I give her my keys, and she takes off, and she goes to the post office. So I go on my prayer walk, I come back, I'm all hot and sweaty, I take a shower, 
And I asked Siri, Siri, how long will it take me to get to Discount Tire on Calabra in San Antonio? And Siri comes right back and says, one hour and four minutes, the traffic is light. And I'm going, okay, one hour and four minutes. That means I can leave about mm, 11.30, get there about 12.35, have time to spare, and meet my appointment at 12.45. So I do that. I hop in the car, I leave at 11.30, and I go to Hondo, and I decide I'm going to take the back way. So I go to whatever that road is. 28, 26, or whatever the back road is that hits 471, coming out of Castroville. I take 471, which is Calabra, from that side because I thought, from my excellent memory, that discount tire was about two miles on the west side of Loop 1604, on the right side. I mean, I could see it. And so I'm driving happily, and I'm going there, and I finally get down to where I think it should be, and it's not there. There's an auto zone, but not a discount tire. Now I'm beginning to fret because I'm behind a cement truck in the right lane, and the traffic is bumper to bumper coming up to the intersection of 1604 and Calabra. And I'm going, well, I know it's here. And I keep driving a little further, and no discount tire. And finally, I say, Siri, give me directions to discount tire on Calabra. And she says, 2.6 miles on the east side of 1604, and it's on the left-hand side. The traffic is so backed up, bumper to bumper, crawling along. I'm behind a cement truck, and I look at the clock, and it's 12.43, and I lose it. That carnal nature comes in. The devil, which was crouching right in the passenger seat, was there saying, you're so dumb. And, and, and I said, Brown, why didn't you look up where a discount tire was? And see, when I get mad at myself, I call myself Brown. And I said, Brown, why didn't you look up? You should have done that. You would have known. In fact, you should have just plotted the whole thing out so you'd know the exact time you were going to arrive there. You could have seen all the slowdown in the traffic if you plotted it out on there on your phone. And, and, and you didn't. Man, you're worthless. And I'm starting to go through this diatribe. And then at the same time, I'm going, what are all these people doing out here at lunchtime? There's a pandemic going on. How come they're not at home eating lunch? And, and, they're, and I'm behind a cement truck. And I'm in the right lane. I cannot get over to the left lane. I've got 2.6 miles to go, and I've got two minutes till my appointment time. And now what I do, what I do is I'm going, oh, man, I'm going to get there late, and they're going to say, sorry, chump, go to the end of the line, or reschedule for another day or something like that. So I'm forecasting what's going to happen. And it's just about that time that I go, 
oh, hang on a minute, time out. I'm Dr. Brown. I teach about mindfulness. <laughs> and I say to myself, okay, buddy, you're, you're really okay. Come back to the present moment. Come back in your car. Because it was getting hotter and hotter in that car, even though the air conditioner was going. I was gripping the steering wheel. My heart rate was up. And I came back to that moment. And I, one of the first things I realized was that I'm not the only one. All these other people are in the traffic too. They're experiencing the same thing I am. Uh, my, my, my situation is the same as theirs. And so I started to look at the real circumstance with some kindness and curiosity. Are you going to die because you're not going to get there at 1245? No, I'm not going to die. Well, good. So do you think that you can just calm down and just drive at the speed limit and what in go through the intersection i went through the intersection the traffic started to become a little bit less i go from behind the cement truck into the left lane i'm driving down there it starts to get cooler in the car my heart rate comes down i'm actually beginning to enjoy it and i'm not worried about what's going to happen when i get to discount tire I didn't resist any longer. And all of the suffering that I was undergoing evaporated because I accepted that for what it was. So, I get to, I, there's discount tire. I come up, get in the left hand turn lane, turn over to the access road that runs right next to it, and they have this little checkpoint set up out there because they're doing touchless curbside service. And they have an entrance and an exit, and there's two guys sitting out there, and I pull up, and I roll my window down, and the masked guy says, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I, I have a 1245 appointment, but now it's 1250. And, uh, and he says, he looks at his clipboard, or a piece of paper on his clipboard, and he says, oh, yes, Mr. Brown, just park right over there in that parking slot, and a uh, technician will be right with you. I'm like, okay. So I drive over, and I back into the parking slot, and I'm facing the, the, uh, the bays uh, where they do all the tire changing. And, um, and I turn the car off, and no sooner had I killed ignition, this guy came over to the window, and and uh, he said, what can we do for you today? I said, I need four tires, Michelins, and I need my flat fix that's in the back. He said, well, let me take a look at that flat. And he goes back there and he says, oh, yeah, I see that hole. You're going to need a whole new tire. And I said, okay. And uh, he said, well, just follow me into the lobby. So I followed him into the lobby, and we go up to the counter. He gets on his computer. And he says, yep, we got four tires for your car, and uh, yeah. We have that tire for your flat, for your truck, and, uh, and it's going to be a free tire because you bought the replacement thing. Wise. 
and uh, living out in the country. And, uh, and I said, okay, fine. He, he said, oh, and you get a $70 rebate. Oh, okay, thank you. And then I, I pay, this first time I've ever done this, I was a little bit, a little trepidation about it, but I pay by Apple Pay. You know, that put my thumb on the fingerprint dealy and boing, it, it worked. I'm going, oh, this is really cool. And so he said, okay, we're all done. Go back out to your car, get in it, and then they're going to uh, wave you into a bay. You, we're having the, the customers drive into the bay. And I said, okay. So I go out to the car. Uh, I sit in it for about a minute, and I'm looking at the car right in front of me in the bay right in front of me, and I'm just marveling at how efficient these teams are in changing all the tires out and everything and and they were just finishing up with this guy let let the uh, jacks down and and then a, one of the team comes out to my car and says mr brown says when this guy pulls out you just pull right in i went okay so he pulls out i pull in and they say okay uh go wait in the lobby it'll take us about 15 minutes I said, all right. So I go into the lobby, got my mask on, sitting six feet away from any other customer in the air conditioning. And 15 minutes later, he comes in. He says, okay, you're all ready. Come on out, pull it out, and you're on, on your way home. So I went out, got in, backed out. And as I was pulling out through the exit, I look. And from the time that I arrived to the time that I left, was 45 minutes. And I'm, I'm just going, Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you. That discount tire, amazing. Kind, efficient, professional, courteous, and, uh, and took care of me even though I was five minutes late and freaking out about it. So that's my discount tire story, and uh, so what I want to do is, it, real briefly, is to take that story and kind of wrap it up into mindfulness terms. So mindfulness is, if you recall, it really means seeing clearly, seeing clearly in the moment, an awareness of what is going on right now now, in this moment, and then be able to welcome what is already there and accept it. Mindfulness also enables you to create space for all the emotions that are attached. Acknowledge them and then let them pass. And I want to give you a quick analogy of what happened to me. So I was taking all of that emotion of being late and being in the traffic and kicking myself for not checking things ahead of time, and I was angry with myself, I was frustrated, I was hot. All of those things rolled into one, and they were all in there, and I was chewing on them, and I was bottling them up, and I was keeping them right inside of me. And that's very much like taking a tablespoon of salt 
and putting it in this bottle of water and then taking a big swig is going to be terribly salty. It's not tasty. It isn't going to be good for you in terms of hydration. But if you are able to create that space by mindfulness and accept things for what they are, then it's like taking that tablespoon of salt and throwing it into the limitless river of living water in the Holy Spirit. And if you take a drink from that living water, even though you threw that tablespoon of salt in there, you won't be able to taste it. So, so we can do that by virtue of mindfulness, realizing where we are in that time with the Holy Spirit inhabiting us, and out of our innermost being flows rivers of living water. And we experience joy. We count it all joy in the midst of the trial. We are of good cheer in the midst of the tribulations of this world. I want to make it clear that acceptance is not passive resignation. It doesn't mean, you know, oh, well, all the injustices are out there. There's not a thing I can do about it, and so I'm just going to resign myself to it. No, that is not what it is. Accepting Acceptance is accepting the way that things are because that's the way they are, and because you can now see things clearly, you can now respond with skill rather than react with emotion. In fact, what happens when you do that, it liberates your cognition. It frees up the ability for you to think. And you connect with the Spirit that lives in you and and even though I had that big old cement truck in front of me, which was like liquid rock, I didn't have to go out and physically move it. I could go around it. And so when we accept things for what they are, we liberate that ability to see clearly and in concert with our advocate, we come up with the solutions for the moment. So remember, the Holy Spirit is with you, and God's plan for you is your welfare. So be in that moment with Him. Okay, I want to end with this. I want to give you an acceptance exercise to take home with you. So if you have a good memory, remember what I tell you. If you don't, write it down. So in a quiet and comfortable place, wherever that's good for you, whether it's at home, um, out under an oak tree, or sitting in the swimming pool, I don't care. Wherever is comfortable and quiet, pick that place. And you're going to do those three things I told you uh, previously is you're going to work on your intention, your attention, and your attitude. 
And so with the intention, the intention is to practice acceptance. That's going to be your intention. Because remember, what you practice gets stronger. So if you practice what I was practicing on that Calabra, and you continue to do that, it gets stronger. But if you practice mindfulness, then that's going to get stronger. Then bring your attention to the very present moment that you are in right now. Don't think about things that are going on around you, things in the future, things in the past, but think and bring your attention to the present moment. And then let your attitude be one of kindness and curiosity. And approach this time without hurry. Don't be in a hurry to get it done, but approach this with a to be able to see clearly what I'm about to do. And then consider a painful area in your life. Remember, we talked about suffering is pain times resistance. Any pain that you are experiencing in your life, it could be past, it could be present, <clears throat> but consider that area of your life and then begin to practice in that moment accepting what is going on instead of resisting it. And look at it. What does resistance look like for you? Is it um, anger? Is it pride? Is it control? Uh, is it a behavior like binge eating? Is it avoidance? Just trying to avoid the whole thing, but it's still there, and it's still painful. And how does that resistance in that painful situation contribute to your suffering? Consider it. Consider it just in the light of day, what is really going on. Then, practice accepting what is already happening anyway. And allow the Holy Spirit to come in and release insight into how you are going to skillfully deal with that situation. To decrease your resistance down to zero so that the suffering goes to zero and that you will be able to count it all joy, to actually be of good cheer, because that is what the Father has for us. Amen. We are going to experience tribulation, but we can experience it with good cheer. Then record what your experience is in doing the acceptance exercise and share it with somebody close to you, your spouse, uh, a close friend, um, maybe a, a son or a daughter, I don't know. But um, there's something about sharing what, what the Lord has revealed to you that makes it that much more real and compelling. Okay, so next week, um, I'm going to talk about mindfulness and self-compassion. Mindfulness and self-compassion. And uh, I pray that you will have a good time this coming week in practicing mindfulness with acceptance. Amen?
Okay, Pastor Robert. Amen. Dr. Brown, I want to tell you that of all the, the messages I've ever heard on uh, John 16 and James 1, that was the best perspective that I've ever heard put out. I've heard people preach it totally wrong, that I actually got mad and left. Uh, you know, I, 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 I mean, you know, that was awesome, awesome, awesome. Praise and, you know, I, I learned, too, because it was just been a, a, a week ago that I had a, a similar experience. And I had gotten myself all stirred up in the truck, and I was trying, I knew I was going to take something back, but I, it was my fault because I had purchased this thing uh, three months ago, and I never looked on the box that it was the wrong one, but it was a it, expensive thing, hundreds of dollars. And so I got to saying, you know, I just started working on myself. You know, I can't believe you didn't need this. It's written right on the outside of the box. How come you couldn't see this? You sat there the whole time. Now you need this more. It's the wrong one. And then I got to thinking about the fight. And then I got to thinking about the company should take it back. And then they're going to do this. And I worked this into this huge, huge thing. And then as I began to get there, I said, oh, wait a minute. You know, Dr. Brown's going to teach us about mindfulness. And I got to be in the moment. And so... Lord, I'm just mad in this moment, you know, that's what mo I'm in, I'm in, I'm mad in the moment. And, and then I just began to go through it and said, no, wait a minute, you're going to take care of this, you know, you're going to work this out. And, and, and I, I got myself, I didn't do as well as he did. I got myself into a place to where uh, I was hopeful, right? I had kind of let my aggression go down and I just some churning. But I was ready for a fight. I was ready, you know, that like I could drop Mr. Nice Guy and just go into a war in a second. It was still there. And so I went into the, into the place. The guy wasn't very friendly. And, you know, I, I, can't, I can't get over this mask thing because I can't see anybody's face and what their, their reaction is. And then I said, uh, you know, I've got this issue here and, and told him what it was. And the guy pulls up the receipt and he said, well, I cannot believe that. And then he just walked off, and I was like, oh, God, here it comes, you know. And then a minute he comes walking out, the one I need, and he said, I am so sorry. He said, you know, it says obviously on your ticket here that it should have been this one, and they gave you the wrong one. Let me carry it out to your truck and put it in your truck for you, sir. And I'm like, I, I felt like I was dreaming. You know how Psalms 46 says, and they, they were by the river, and it was as if they dreamed, you know, as they returned back to Jerusalem. That's how I felt. I was like. This is way too easy. I mean, I was just like looking around. Is this, is this real? I mean, so it works. Amen. And I didn't need to get in all that stirred up mess. I didn't need to get all that, you know, hard exercise. It'd be okay if we could count it as exercise. Right? You got your heart rate up. It doesn't work that way. Amen. So anyway, praise God. I wanna I wanna ask everybody just to just stand up and I wanna pray over you. But again, I wanna say, I just want to encourage you again tonight. I really feel deeply in my heart, and as he's preaching, I'm thinking about how many people are trapped, and right now you're hearing this message, and you're trapped in a situation that you haven't been mindful. You are angry, you are stressed in a situation, you're that away right now. And I just want to pray because, again, here's what I said at the first. You hear the voice of God and him speaking to you. Well, then you know what? He'll set you free. He'll take you right into this good place. Amen. So, you know, who gets tires changed in 45 minutes? Right. 
Who gets these things happening? Because God can work with you. So I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over your offerings. If you're in the building tonight, the bucket's in the back. If you're sending in your offerings, God bless you. I want to pray over them that God continues to prosper you. But just receive this in Jesus' name. Father, right now I pray over everyone. Lord, whether they're here or watching, I just declare, Lord, right now in Jesus' mighty name, that, Lord, this, this message of mindfulness, this message of, yes, there's tribulation in the world, but we can get out of it by, by letting the flow of the Holy Ghost come into our life, Lord, in getting hold of the moment, rejoicing, Lord, letting your spirit come and move and let you move in our lives. So, Lord, I pray over people right now that are trapped, people that feel like there's no way out, that, Lord, they grab hold of this right now, and then the flow of the Holy Ghost begins to move into their lives. I pray right now, Lord God, that people that are filled in, in desperation, Lord, right now they're relieved, that, that pressure's off because they have a way out, a way out of the trap, a way out of the tribulation, and to just be rejoicing with Jesus. And so, Lord, I praise you for that. Bless them. Lord, I pray bless their finances, bless our finances in here tonight. Lord, bless the finances, Lord, every business, everybody that's whatever their own, no matter what the world says, no matter what the future looks like, I declare that, God, you are our provider. You are the one that, that makes a way where there seems to be no way. And so, Lord, bless them, bless their finances in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.